Welcome to the Spotlight, featuring your host, Crystal Hickerson. All right, welcome everybody to the Spotlight, the segmented show from the Crystal Show. And we are very happy tonight to have a special guest, Audrey Burke Moore, who is an author. And she has written a new novel called The Choice Weighted Letters. This book is also the first book in the Choice series. So everyone, please help me welcome author Audrey Burke Moore to the spotlight. Hello, Audrey. Hello. How are you this evening? I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. And I see you hail from Birmingham, Alabama. Yes, ma'am, I do. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you like the South? Do you still live there? I'm back. Now, I never really moved far away. I moved to Chattanooga for 10 years. And now I'm back in Adamsville, Alabama. Okay. You talk about the Southern life. And I guess it's just like with any other parts of the U.S. What do you find most alluring about the South? (laughs) Well... <laughs> I think it's <laughs> I think it's, it's pleasing to live in the South. We're okay. very I don't know how to describe it, but we're yes, ma'am, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just I don't know real. Oh, I can't say real polite, but we're mm-hmm. we're taught to be real polite. <laughs> Whether or not right. someone does that is up to them. <laughs> so it's it's yeah that that whole uh, Southern charm. Southern decency. Um, that's, you know, the, kind of the way people think of the South um, across America. So, uh, and when I talk to people who live in the South, and I used to live in the South, um, in Tennessee, and um, it, it was, you know, it's, it's a feeling there it, of how, you know, people live and, and people kind of communicate with each other. So, it's, you know, it's kind of nice. Except for the mosquito. <laughs> And, um, <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, <laughs> and the humidity. Other than that, it's beautiful. <laughs> you are so correct. Oh wow! <laughs> All right, now you caught the bug of writing when you were very young. So tell us about your journey as an author. Well, it started when I was—I think I was seven—and I got um, an award for writing a poem mm-hmm. called "Pink Lemonade." I'm like, oh, well, I can write. I can. I can win awards. That's awesome. Then I did poetry, and people bought my poetry. I'm like, oh, okay. And then I wrote my first book, The Definition of Sexy, when I was 27. I'm like, oh, wow, this is, I love it. So now I have Choice Series, and I have eight books under this series. Now, the Choice Series, that's a, it's a romantic novel? I would not have clarified it as romantic until okay. I started getting reviews. Okay. And, you know, romantic, um, they kind of put me in a romantic category. Mm-hmm. And I just I just see it as writing how I deem life should be. But, you know, that's just the eyes of author. Mm-hmm. So well, you can- know, they like to, to categorize um, books, and, you know, the whole library system kind of thing. <laughs> and, um, you know, and it's, it's, it's hard sometimes to, for the author to say, well, my book is really in this genre because sometimes a story can have so many different elements to it. Right. Now, one of the questions that, of authors 
that is always asked is where do you get your inspiration? How do the stories come to you? So what inspires you when you start thinking about a story? My greatest inspiration would be people I, I see out, you know, whether I know them or not. You know, your demeanor, the way you carry yourself, the way you talk can really tell a story. So I look around, I listen, you know, I'm married, I've been married for 14 years. So sometimes I, I can pull from that. Sometimes I can pull from my best friends or people that I've been in a relationship with. I can pull from all of these categories that I have in my life now and write that person into a character inside of a book. Uh-oh. So I have, I'm sorry. <laughs> I said, uh-oh, do they like that? Do they know that this is happening? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't tell them. <laughs> but if they read it, they're like, wow, this sounds like me, you know, 15, 16 years ago. And I'd just be like, oh, does it? Oh, well, <laughs> that's a coincidence. <laughs> well, they always say be nice to writers because you may end up in their book. And, you know, it may <laughs> depend on how you affected them depends on what type of character you end up being. <laughs> You, Whether you're, you're right. the villain I, or whatever. <laughs> I try to keep everyone in my book very just neutral. You know, I, I try to build upon the character. I don't want to, you know, tell my life story in a book. So I try to keep it neutral. I mean, but I, I will tap into someone that affected me. Maybe when I was 20 and, you know, pull from that feeling they gave me to put that inside of a character's story. Now, do you have um, a routine and when you start to write um, of how find the words to start a book? Do you um, find you have a certain type of routine or where you'd like to be? You know, sometimes um, authors can cocoon themselves or they like to write outside um, or something like that. How do you decide, okay, this is when I'm going to write and this is like where the way I like to do it. Well, my the books I want to write, this may sound silly, but I really do dream about them. So okay. come the morning, I know the beginning, the middle, and the end. And I just mm. have to kind of plug in in between those three areas. The beginning, I know how I want it to begin, the words that I want to use, the feeling that I want the reader to have, in the middle, it's kind of like climax. I like the climax of the story, and I like the reader to be like, you know, oh my goodness. And mm -hmm. the end, <laughs> I kind of like to, you know, take the reader down a few levels because I can, I can make it a cliffhanger and have the reader like, man, what's next? Or I can mm -hmm. end that story and have the reader like, oh my goodness. So I just really, really enjoy that. And I mean, having dreams about books, mm -hmm. I would say this is really what I want to do. <laughs> Right, yeah, and it, it, and it can be, you know, quite engulfing, um, that whole kind of experience uh, when you're in the middle of a story and you're writing it and everything, so I think dreaming about it, yeah, it can really fill in a lot of the, the holes of, of telling the story. Now, when you, when you write, do you focus on your characters or the scenery, or how do you like telling a story? I know there's some authors who like, like if they're writing about a particular time period, they really like to get into the jargon and the accent of um, the characters, which sometimes I hate when, when writers do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, uh, um, who was it? Was it Morrison? Uh, Toni Morrison sometimes does that. 
she'll write and she'll write the actual accent of the people so it's hard to read it you know sometimes you have to get into that accent and um, or others just try to focus on the environment what do you like to focus on when you're telling your story I like to focus on the emotions of the character and okay. I don't care where they're from I can put a character mm-hmm. anywhere and make mm-hmm. it sound like they they were made to be there I'm currently writing a book now and it's it's harder for me I have to write as an older lady and you okay. know older older um, African-American women 70 80 they talk differently from how I talk now right so I had to um, kind of go to some of the things my grandma wrote or it's a, um, another book that I'm <laughs> writing to uh-huh. the, the lady in there she has to have like a New Orleans dialect I was like oh my goodness so I have to <laughs> kind of Facebook some people in New Orleans and hey let me call you so I can see how you talk yeah they do have a very distinctive (laughs) uh, speech speech uh, that's for sure you can tell there when you hear their voice you're like oh they must be from Louisiana somewhere (laughs) right I need to hear that I'll reach out to people so they can they can tell me so I won't just kind of look like I'm writing based on my opinion of what I think they sound like. But tell me, you know, talk to me so I can write based on how a New Orleans person talks. So, yeah, so that brings me to another question about research. Um, do you find yourself having to do a lot of research when you're when you're writing? I do research if I am writing on a character Mm-hmm. that has something like um, the characters in this book that's out now one of them suffers from a medical condition so I had to look up the medical condition what are the symptoms now how am I to write that they know they had this going on or what's the name of the doctor that handles this type of condition mm-hmm. so I can write it you know kind of medically correct but still right. put a nice spin on the book. So tell us about this series that you're writing now, uh, The Choice uh, Weighted Letters. Tell us about that. And, and you said that there are eight books within this series already or, or that you plan to be in the series or have you written those already? No, all of them are have about mm, one-fourth of the book finished. Okay. So I just, I really love to write. So when it comes down to once I get a title, then I know exactly where I want that book to go. Like, I love poetry. This book that's out now has the woman, the bleeding character in one of the stories in that book. She's poetically inclined. So she's going to write poetry to the guy that she has feelings for. And okay. <laughs> so you also get some really good poetry out of, out of reading them, right? Yes. Yes. And I actually wrote a song for that book and got it recorded so you know the reader can go and listen to it Mm -hmm. and I think it's really good if you can listen to a song that was written for that story and read the story it kind of puts you inside of the story listening to that song is that with the first book or one of the others no with the first book oh well then we need to get that song so we can play it (laughs) (laughs) So we can let people hear it and know what they are in for. So tell us about um, this particular story. What What is the synopsis of the first book, um, Weighted Letters? Well, it's two stories, two short stories inside of that one book. Okay. And the first one is called The Promise. You know how it would be if you met a guy, oh, should I say a child, growing mm-hmm. up. And y'all are young, but you know, like, just cute. Cute and young. 
<laughs> but and you all make this promise to each other. So I mean, when you're young, you can make a promise and be like, you know, I promise you this. But when you grow right. up, when I mean, would you up, uphold the promise that you made? So the girl in this book, she made a promise to a guy. As they grew up, they tried to get close, but they just they couldn't get it. As she grew up, and he grew up. He got sick, really, really sick, and he was threatening death. So she could help him. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, would you would you risk your life to help your friend that you promised so long ago that you would do this? Even though you have other things in your life going on, would you still honor that promise? So that's kind of how that book is, how that story oh. is. Okay, because I know when I was um, reading some about it, it said, to keep her means the death of hundreds, to lose her means the death of me. Now, that's a very that's, powerful sentence right there. <laughs> that's the second story in the book called The Bridge. Now, they start off in the book grown. So he's an avid runner. He likes to run. And he's he's going to see her when he runs past the coffee shop that she works in. Mm-hmm. And he's going to just be like, oh, my goodness. You know, she's beautiful. So he's going to go out and talk to her and then ask her out, out on a date. So they're going to go out. And, um, you know, fast forward, there's going to be, like, something horrific that happens. Okay. That he could have stopped, but if he stops it, that's putting him at risk of losing her, and everything that she remembers of him will go away. So it's Ooh. another choice of which so, you. I'm sorry. So this, um, so this almost sounds like a kind of a a time travel thing, maybe, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he can. I mean, he can. He can stop it. But I mean, when did you rely on love? that much that you just you're hoping that she will remember you and that's what he has to do he has to really really hope that she will remember him if he decides to go back and save everyone because he really loves her and vice versa oh wow so this sounds like this is going to kind of follow them through the the um books to come well actually one of these stories it's a cliffhanger, and one of them ends. So two stories, one cliffhanger, one ended story. I like for the readers to read it and be like, you know, oh my goodness, Audrey, give me, I want them to give me um, the end to my new beginning. Okay. So if, I, if I'm going to begin another story based on the story that I left you hanging on, then give me some ideas. What would you do if you were in that category or in that situation? I'm sorry. What What would you have done? Okay. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So the um. So each book is is a different story, or is it a continuation of the same story or um, character? This book is what I like to call my um my genre breaker, going into fiction. So just two stories. The, the following books will be full novels, unless I decide to bring some characters back okay. to another another story. Wow, that sounds that sounds really interesting right there. I just wanna <laughs> now I'm gonna read I wanna read more about what happens and the choice that he has to make and ah <laughs> Okay. And of course anytime you're dealing with, you know, romance, uh, especially over a lifetime because there's so many different parts of love, 
you know there's love romantic love but then there's love of friendship you know the love of your family and people and these are things that we deal with every day so you know we're always making so many different choices and you know you look back and you say well if I had had done this what would have changed my life you know maybe the person would be in my life but maybe I wouldn't have my kids or I wouldn't be in this place and know the people that I know so yeah it's, it's, um, it's always so many choices you have to make in life right <laughs> all right so tell us um, tell us about your favorite authors what do you like to read I like anything poetic and believe it or not some of my favorite authors are not well known because okay. they just write poetry period that's all they do like mm-hmm. here's a, um, a young lady named Alice we just we call her lyrical tempest because she can write some poetry and it mm-hmm. sounds so good when you listen to her with the spoken word so I'm like I don't mean I like poetry I like stories that flow like water mm-hmm. I just like to for everything to stay in its place you know, if you're going to be a writer, keep your story going consistent, you know? I don't want yeah. to, don't, don't make it contradict. Keep it <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. you don't want to be reading something. You're like, well, what does this have to do with anything? And and, and then you have to go back a few chapters and be like, wait a minute, that didn't make any sense because he did this. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, so do you like to go out to... Um, to some of the clubs where they do the poetry nights and things like that. Do you still um, write and read read your poetry? I do more writing book form than I do poetry. But I have people that have come to me and be like, you know, hey, when are you going to drop a poem? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> so I'm on Facebook. I'm probably in every poetry group you can be on Facebook. Oh. And um, I'll, I'll write something, and they can give me a topic, and I can write on that. I like doing um, writing prompts looking at the picture and oh. you know, kind of saying what I think the picture is saying to me. So I think that's, I mean, that's how life is. You you take it and you kind of wonder what is it saying to you. But it's your life, so you're having your own story. And that's the way I see every book and every poem. I, I read here that you are very uh, much into helping children with bullying and that your proceeds for this book um, or some of part of it will be going to an organization called Bullying Ends Today. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Um, BET, they go out to, well, I think starting next year, they'll go out to school, talk to kids, both the bully and the bullied. Okay. And I would like to see both, both groups of kids come together to collectively work on something together and make it work. So I wasn't bullied in school. But I wasn't the greatest advocate either. I didn't step out and be like, you know, leave her alone. Okay. Or why are you treating him like that? I didn't. So I can do that now, grown. And kids, I mean, they're so imagined. Managers, but they have imagination. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I would like to go to their school, maybe about two, two months, be in that city and let them act out a play. Okay. And all kids, they're not really down with acting. But you have some singers, you have kids that can do hair, and do different talents. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like showcase your talent, but showcase it with everyone, not just your friends. I mean, the little quiet girl that's always getting picked on, you know, she, she could really, really sing. But you'll never know because she's kind of quiet and beat it up. Right. So it's more of 
I want to create a poem. Like I'm taking classes now for playwriting. Now I can I can do dialogue, but I had mm-hmm. no oh no idea on the steps of writing a play. So now right. I'm reading playwright book, but I want the kids to kind of talk to me. You know, tell me what it is. What can I help you with? I don't want to tell them what they need to do. I want them to figure it out for themselves based on you know some intelligence because they have it. I don't know what makes a bully bully a child. I don't know what makes a bullied child not stand up for themselves. So I don't want to assume. I want to see mm-hmm. it. I want to see them do something to help themselves. So that's kind of what I want to do. Okay, and so and you said this is uh, called BET. Um, and do they have a website or an organization where people can possibly, you know, look out for them and um, maybe support them? Um, it's bullyingandstoday.com. Okay. And the website is, well, I'm sorry, the email is jointhecause at okay. bullyingandstoday.com. Join the cause at bullyingandstoday. Oh, in, oh instoday.com okay and they already uh, they're starting in um, next year to go around to different schools across the nation to to do this project of helping kids kind of work through the bullying aspect on both sides yes because I read a story a couple of days ago this child she was bullied and her ending result was to commit suicide mm. like oh my goodness so I, I searched some more to see exactly how many kids end in this, you know, with suicide. So it's kind of like, you know, what can you do to boost self-confidence, to take power away from some of these kids that think this, they are what it is. Mm-hmm. So I want, you know, to kind of make a, a nice balance to let a, a bully know that you just might need that child you're bullying and let a child that's bullied know that you know you just might be able to help that person that bullied you so just kind of get a nice balance you know i love god god mm-hmm. didn't say bully so i just try to keep it try to keep it real with them and i'll tell them i wasn't a bully but i wasn't the greatest advocate and now i can be i can be an advocate for a child that's being bullied and you know it is all of our problem and all of our issue even if You've never been bullied or been um, a bully yourself, but just watching some of these kids be tortured um, on a daily basis um, at a, such a young age, um, you know, children are, are, you know, you hear the term children, children are cruel, but they just don't have the filters that we have. And cause, because we, as we grow, we learn what not to say, what not to do to someone because we've had experiences. But as a child, you don't know that. So you just say what's on your mind. You do what you feel or you do what is, you know, being pressured upon you to do, like the peer pressure or whatever. Because a lot right. of the bullies, they may be just a part of a group. And, you know, a group gives you strength or whatever, or you want to be a part of a group. Or maybe because you couldn't be a part of a group, you decided to attack everyone. Uh, so, you know, there's so much going on, and it's not just the teacher's problem or everybody's a village. It's all of our problems. We need to step in. So this is a great idea. Right. And I agree. Because I didn't know until here recently that some bullies, they bully kids because they, they're bullied at home by their right. parents. I'm like, oh my, oh my goodness. So I guess, yeah. you know, being raised the way I was raised, my mom loved me unconditionally. And so did my father. And they only wanted the best for their girls. I mean, I guess I just don't understand quite yet. 
why a parent wouldn't want the same for their child. But in, in the same breath, I want a child to know that being a bully is not going to help you through life, period. And being bullied is not going to help you either. So you got the powerful and you have the, the weaker. thing is getting, getting them to come together. So, right. I mean, it's, it's no longer powerful versus the weak. It's one collective effort to live life to the fullest. And that's kind of what I want them to do. What is your, what is your talent? What's your gift? Show it. You know, let me see it. I don't want to kind of let people know that, yeah, this is so-and-so. And he's forever recommended for being this type of way. I mean, you know, shine a, a bright light on a child that's doing great things. And that's, <clears throat> that's what I, I want to do. I mean, every, every child isn't bad, I can say. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, they'll make you think they are. You know, get them to the, the point where they can calm it down and let the light shine on their good qualities and stop shining the light on their bad. So I want everyone to kind of you know, appreciate and acknowledge. Appreciate a child is doing really good. Acknowledge the fact that they're doing good. The fact of bringing them together is is very good because a lot of times the bully and the bullied are not brought together. They're it's separate. Um, the bully may be taken away into some sort of detention or whatever, and then the one who was bullied is you know maybe getting counseling or they may end up leaving the school or something like that and there's not a lot of um, art that is being taught in school anymore because those are one of the programs that if you know they need to save money they'll take it away because you know it's not the core subject so they you know that's the first thing to go is a lot of the art and talent and, and bands and things like that where people can release their emotions as children and um, and that's the best way children can release is through art of all kinds right. so and they need to know the bullies uh, need to know that yeah they are the same as the one that you are bullying you know you're hurting them and you're also hurting yourself absolutely all right well tell us where we can find you where we can pick up your new series the choice weighted letters and how can people get in touch with you and and follow your journey okay um they can get in touch with me personally at audrey at audreybertmore.com and the book the choice series.com is the website they can um email the series at the choice at the choice series.com Join the calls at bullyingintoday.com for them to let me know what they want to see in a play. You know, if they were bullied, let me know what was your situation because I can reenact that in a play and have it a different outcome than the outcome they experienced. I think mm-hmm. all good, well, all that can come to good end. So you have to keep it good, consistent. Be be an advocate for the next person and yourself. So um, I would love to hear from readers or advocates for bullying or even someone that wants to write a book. I love all of that. Okay. So we definitely want to get on your bandwagon and help you in your cause of stopping bullying and helping those who have been bullied and to get into the wonderful, beautiful world of The Choice Weighted Letters and your series of The Choice series. So that should be really good. So we hope everyone check her out at bullyingendstoday.com and thechoiceseries.com. 
Well, thank you so much, Audrey Burke, for uh, coming on to the spotlight of The Crystal Show. We really appreciate having you here. Thank you so much for having me. And please come back anytime. Sure. Thank you. Now let's listen to the song Lavender Kisses, which is an accompany song from the book The Choice Weighted Letters. And it's sung by Crystal Dion and written by Audrey Burke Moore.
The Crystal Show was created, written, and hosted by Crystal Hickerson. It is produced and co-hosted by Andre Saunders. The Crystal Show is owned and operated by Trinity Productions. For more information on the show, please visit thecrystalshow.com. Thank you for listening. 